Hi, I'm Ellen. I'm Brooke. And I'm Journey. And you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in today. This is the first time our community pastor team of me, Ellen, uh, Brooke, and Journey are meeting together to do a podcast together. And we're going to be interviewing Journey about his discernment process into the Holy District and the context that he's landed in in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. So Journey, can you tell us a bit about your story, what inspired you? How did you learn about the Holy District? Where'd this all come from? Yeah, so I, I stumbled into this denomination and uh, I got to know Erica. Uh, I think the first time I met her was uh, 2021 annual conference and she spoke and she shared a, a beautiful story about one of her, uh, one of the members of her community um, named Steve and, and his wife. Uh, they were celebrating a 10 year anniversary and uh, Erica had shared that they had turned her office into uh, the best they could into this restaurant and served them like a five course meal and wear you know, the all black wait, waiter and waitress outfits um, because uh, it was difficult for Steve to get around in the city. And, uh, and they, they helped them celebrate that milestone um, in that way. And it really, um, I really just got to thinking, if that's not the church, then I don't know what is. And, uh, and, and I introduced myself to Erica after that. And um, that kind of sparked a, a conversation that lasted about two years and, and took a while for, uh, for me to come fully on board. But uh, that, that was what, what first sparked it. Yes, I also remember that story and Erica sharing that and yeah, just being like, wow, that's the work of the church. I, I hadn't seen it that way before. What were some of those things you were working on thinking through over those two years? What about, what did you resonate with with the Holy District and what was the challenge that was in your way? Uh, probably the biggest challenge was I was currently employed at a, another church and I was a pastor of youth. And That'll do it. And, That'll do it. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, it will. And so, and I deeply care about those, those young people. Um, and, and so um, even when I had made the decision to come to the Holy district, uh, I was still on staff for about eight months after that um, because I wanted to finish out the year well, and uh, I wanted to care for those kids well. And, um, so that was one of the biggest, uh, I think, roadblocks to getting started uh, maybe a year and a half ago. But uh, what resonated with me was the grassroots, community-centric focus of the Holy District. I've, um, I've been a part of a, a couple of churches that uh, ranged in size from about 500 to 800 people. Um, and I just felt like I was overwhelmed with duties that I was supposed to do. And uh, I hardly got to know people and care for people and, and minister to people. And um, the way in which the Holy District, that seems to be the, the primary focus of the Holy District. And, uh, and, and uh, I told Erica, I really just want to be with people um, instead of trying to run programs and, um, and make sure there's volunteers filling all of these roles. I really just want to be with people um, and, and minister that way. And that's probably one of the biggest things that, that resonated with me with the Holy District. Uh, and then you kind of, uh, 
I've always been a non-traditional kind of a person. Uh, I'm usually the one in staff meetings that's bringing up things outside of the box. And what if we did things this way? Or what if we thought about it that way? And a lot of times in a traditional church, I realize those things are hard to do at least, um, if not impossible. And mm -hmm. so the fact that there was this place where I could be myself, I could operate in the giftings and the, the way that God truly gifted me and, and, and not get in trouble <laughs> was, was really, really exciting for me. You know, Journey, I really resonate with you talking about just that last part right there about being yourself um, mm -hmm. in ministry. And, you know, it's cool that the three of us get to kind of talk about this, but that is personally something that I did resonate with as well. Like, I think when you when you do have different um, positions in different churches, sometimes it can be like um, your identity can be held on to that title position so much Um that you kind of lose sight of like who you were created to be or how God has been trying to use you in ministry. And um, something I have found freedom in, in the Holy District is being able to just to like literally be myself more than I ever knew how to be in another church setting. Um, so that non-traditional piece that you're talking about has given me freedom to just be like Brooke Norton. <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess I, my hope for you is that like your journey as you come into this, um, you find that freedom to be journey and I'm just so excited to see where that goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited as well. I, I honestly, uh, a year and a half ago, right before I, I made the, I, I don't even know the timeline. The timeline's pretty, <laughs> I might say different things, but uh, <laughs> about a year and a half ago or so, I, I had considered being done with ministry um, mm -hmm. altogether. And a large reason for that was I knew I didn't fit in the first church that I was a part of. Um, I kind of had to, uh, I could make do and I could pretend different things, but ultimately I didn't fit there. And I felt like, you know, changing scenery, maybe I could fit here. Um, but once you don't fit in multiple places and you feel like yeah. you, you begin to look at things and say, well, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Um, and it wasn't until really the Atlantic Conference of the Brethren in Christ denomination and the Holy District specifically showed me like, there are other people who think you can do church differently. There are other people who mm. read the New Testament and, and want that kind of church and read the book of Acts and want that kind of church. And uh, that's really what that, that's really what not only kept me in ministry, but drew me to the, the Holy District. Mm. That's cool. I do. So I have another question for you. So um, can you tell us a little bit about like where you were living? Um, a couple of weeks ago, Ellen and I did a podcast on just the suburban context to which we reside and how we're doing the Holy District in those communities. And so tell us a little bit about like where you were living and then your your call as you've been like expanding um, your vision for like where God is calling you to be. And then you just moved recently. So tell us that, that whole like journey and that story there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was living in Palmyra, Pennsylvania, which is uh, a typical Pennsylvania town, uh, like 7,500 people. They all kind of look the same. It's just a, a different uh, size, but uh, about 7,500 people, um, majority, majority white and, um, you know, a place where people talk about how good the schools are and um, in between uh, a lot of people that that live there would work in Harrisburg or would work in Hershey. And um, it, it's really like a, a small suburban feel, very 
it's not very walkable. Um, but it, but it is, uh, it's not people, it's not, it's not densely populated. And, uh, we have, we have known for a long time that, that God was calling us to a more urban setting. And we didn't know exactly what that looked like, but we, we had honestly thought we were settled on Lebanon a, a long time ago and had some conversations that dissuaded us. And when we had those conversations, we started looking other places. And I think Wilmington, Delaware was one we went and um, Essex, Maryland was a place we looked at and Reading, Pennsylvania. And there were like two or three other places that I can't remember. And we just felt nothing but anxiety when we looked mm -hmm. um, when we went to these places. Cool. And um, when I was, I'm, I'm currently enrolled in Lancaster Bible College. When I was at a two day residency there, one of the, the students that I had just met the day before said, hey, I was praying for you and your family and your wife and your kids and your church plan and all that last night. And I felt like God was saying he's close to you. He's nearby to you. And we'd always felt like Lebanon was too close. Lebanon, for context, is uh, about 11 or 12 miles straight down 422, one road uh, from Palmyra. But it's it's about 25 minutes away. And the uh, this this what he said, I kind of even wrote it off at the time. I said, ah, it's just, you know, a cliche thing. God's close to you kind of thing. Uh, until that night when I drove through Lebanon city on my way to Kenbrook Bible camp for a meeting and I just felt God's peace overwhelm me. And then um, that night, my wife, without knowing any of this, she said to me, what if the reason we've been experiencing all this anxiety is because we're supposed to be in Lebanon after all. And I said, well, let me tell mm -hmm. you about what I experienced today, because I think we're supposed to be in Lebanon after all. And uh, and so from there, we started looking for houses. We've been looking for for a bit and um, we ended up about a month ago finding a place that that feels perfect for us and is is kind of a couple blocks from Center City. And um, and we we moved in. Uh, so my 10 year anniversary, my wife and I's 10 year anniversary is August 17th. It's also the day we signed the papers for our home in Lebanon, and we've been moving since. I think we have mm -hmm. all but like one thing moved out of the old house, and we are in. We've been in about five days now, um, and so we are. We live in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, which is a, a city of about uh, thirty-five to forty thousand people, um, uh, a large Hispanic population, um, really really just a, an area completely different from anywhere we've ever lived um, but like we're so excited about that we walked mm -hmm. to get uh chinese food the other day like we're going to to walk and take our daughter to um school to meet the teacher this afternoon and um that's that's like what i i, I don't know that i would have said that five years ago but um i'm looking forward to that so much to being able to just walk to these places and excuse me to to get to know the people in the community and um and what god's already doing here that's really neat i we probably should have started here but um you have mentioned now your wife and your daughters a couple times um maybe give us some context to your family and um and and their names and all that if you want to share all those yeah. things yeah so my wife Lindsay uh and i have been married about 10 years well a little over 10 years 10 years 12 days and uh we met in high school. Um, I love to tell everybody she's actually older than me. So we didn't start dating <laughs> until she was, she was graduated high school and I was a senior. Uh, and we've, 
we've done uh, I, I served in the United States military in South Korea and so we've done a year apart um, during our relationship we dated for I think four years before we got married and um, so I, I'm coming up on knowing her longer than I've not known her I'm pretty close to that mm -hmm. um, and then we have we have two young girls um, age well, Sadie will turn six here in a couple of weeks and Macy just turned three uh, a few weeks ago and so Sadie will be starting kindergarten this fall and um, and Macy will be chilling at home with me or mom and uh, <laughs> you know going to the Y when we work out for the uh for the the child care there <laughs> i love but, it <laughs> yeah. so Lindsay's a Lindsay's actually a registered nurse and and currently working at milton hershey schools in hershey pennsylvania uh, which is really a ministry for her um it's a school that admits um either kids that have uh, lost their parents or uh something of that nature or um, are in need of financial help and, and things like that and um, really the school is a beautiful, a beautiful thing, um, provides them with like medical care. And if they graduate, they can go to four year school for free. And, um, it's, it's really an awesome thing. And so she gets to work with, with those, those kids, uh, regularly and she loves doing that. So, um, yeah. Thanks for introducing us to your family. Yeah. Uh, what's it been like having all of these conversations with Lindsay describing to your kids, have you tried to describe at all about how church is going to look different? Have they asked about church? I know they're pretty young, but um, it's been such a part of their lives because you, you worked at church. Yeah, they're, uh, Macy can really, the second child energy can really go <laughs> to do anything. Um, Sadie's, and Sadie's a much more naturally curious, um, very cautious type of, type of uh, person and so she's been asking a ton of questions and um, it's been helpful that we've been able to go up to Allentown and spend some time there um, and so they've got to play with Alexi and spend some time uh, you know wandering back and forth between the room and and the the, the gathering and uh, but I, I try to tell them that our gathering may not look exactly like that you know Alexi's um, closer to my younger daughter's age and really my older daughter, my older daughter's at a place where, um, she can be part of some of this, some of the discussions that we're having in the Holy district. And so, um, figuring out what that looks like, actually, Eric is like, well, you get to go first because your kid's the oldest. And, um, so figuring out what that looks like for her. And, and really, I think it's an opportunity for her to, uh, even be a part of creating that space. Um, and what does that look like? How are they involved? How are kids involved besides just playing and, and maybe hearing? Because um, I, I think um, I know that that hearing is important. I was always trying to get family Sundays at the traditional church. Let's get our kids in there. I know it's a hassle. I know it's I know it's rough for parents. But um, when our kids see the faith that we have is, is the only time it's going to really translate. Um, we can talk about it till we're blue in the face, but when they see it lift out is when it really makes a difference. Um, it's, it's almost like anything else you try to teach your kids. Like if you tell them to put their clothes away, but you don't put your clothes away, they're not, they're not going to put their clothes away. And, and faith is, is kind of the same way. It's more, it's more caught than taught. And, um, that's just another thing that I love about the, the Holy district, but, um, the, the 
ability to experiment and uh, and try new things. That's always been my my go to in youth ministry. And I feel like in youth ministry, that's kind of the safe place in traditional church where you can try new things. But uh, now I get to try new things with church, and that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for anyone that was following along with what Journey was saying, um, we uh, in Allentown have a worshiping gathering that includes the children, which right now is one two-year-old boy, um, but can expand to more. Uh, and so Journey is thinking about how to integrate his kids into a future worshiping gathering in Lebanon. Yeah, I think that this is a really important discussion, too, which I'm sure this discussion could go in all different directions. Yeah. <laughs> and we could do like a whole podcast about this specifically. Um, my husband has a background in children's ministry. I have a background in, uh, you know, youth ministry, teenage ministry. And I know so do you, Journey. And so like um, this has always been something that I have thought about, too, within the Holy District context. But uh, so I have a one year old daughter and then our worshiping community in Gilbert, um, we have a couple of like basically toddlers and babies, you know, so they're not quite like old enough to like even like listen, but um, something that um, has kind of trickled from the Allentown community into the Gilbert community out here is just like the concept of, um, you know, letting the kids like, w- like watch and, and respond to how we're doing church. And uh, I think we don't give kids enough credit, like at that young of an age, like they, are really listening they are really trying to um like replicate our actions and the words that we say and so it's been a unique thing for us to even decipher you know how we're including families and um yeah so again i know this could be like a whole conversation but i was just resonating with that and um with your daughters being older i would be very curious to know how that's gonna go for you guys i wish i knew yeah, that's the beauty of it all, right? Uh, yeah, it is. It is the beauty and maybe the the stress of it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah one of the, the first time that I was at a worshiping gathering in Allentown, um, somebody that usually helps to serve communion because we practice communion at every worshiping gathering um, was not there that Sunday, and Alexi volunteered himself to serve communion, and I think everyone was definitely like feeling it and there are a few like teary eyes like just having like a two-year-old yeah even though he's like excited about food um there's just something like he got to tangibly participate and he volunteered himself like no one was like oh now since you since somebody else isn't here um the kids should do it let's all look at the cute kid doing this cute thing uh, it was very much like he just wanted to <laughs> um and then he walked around and gave everyone um, the body of Christ. And that was very emotional for many of us just to receive that gift of Christ from, from a two-year-old. Yeah. I think you might want to, you might want to edit this out, but when I was there, I think Alexi had about, uh, seven pieces of the body of Christ. Yeah. He's taking it in. He is receiving all that he can. (laughs) He's embodying Christ, you know, what can, what can I say? Inside out, inside out. (laughs) 
Oh man. So journey. Okay. As you're still deciding, like you just moved to Lebanon, um, you're just getting settled. Like what you've been there five days. So I'm sure you don't even know how this is going to go. This is such a non-traditional way of doing church. Um, what do you kind of see, uh, in your first few weeks, like in Lebanon, in, in your job within the Holy district, what are your hopes or desires to do? Like, um, maybe like within the community or your neighborhood, um, just, yeah. Yeah. Process that a little bit with us. Yeah, there, there's a, there's a few people. So over the last several weeks before I moved here, I've been trying to spend about a day at least um, in in Lebanon. Uh, just like one day, I took my kids to the park, and uh, it it was it's kind of crazy how um, every single time was like providential. Um, I I went to this park, and there was like this summer camp being run. And I met this guy uh, who's with a nonprofit called Spalding Soul Savers, and they run um, basketball camps and all kinds of things that they do, um, not only in the summer, but through the school year. And um, like, it's the playground that's like closest to my house, like a block and a half away. And um, I, I've, I, I've been, I literally already filled out a, a volunteer application and he uh he's emailed me unfortunately i wasn't able to help with they just had a back a basketball tournament this last week but i wasn't able to, to be a part of that but um you know connecting with him there's a, a coffee shop owner that um really has an incredible uh desire for renewal in the community and um i've gotten to to know him uh, and uh, I so I plan on spending some time there. I'd, I'd actually be recording this podcast there, but I was a little worried about it being maybe a little too close to everybody uh, since I don't have the <laughs> internet in my house right now. But the uh, uh, there's also a, a gentleman from my previous church who works in Lebanon um, who is very interested in what we're doing, and um, and he said to me, "Hey." do you want to like September when you guys get settled, do you want to start doing like a weekly Bible study or something? And, uh, and, and so I don't think he knows that he's going to be part of the first uh, inaugural gathering of the mm-hmm. district, but uh, so, so that'll, that'll probably kick up in a few weeks and um, just walking the community, getting to know uh, my neighbors, my, uh, the people that live on my block, the people that work in the community, um, the, the people that uh, deeply care about Lebanon, because uh, there are a ton of, of good things going on here. Um, God is doing a lot at work. Matter of fact, like sometimes I look around and I'm like, do they need me? Am I needed mm-hmm. here? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so um, I, I love that there's so much good going on. And I'm, I'm excited for how the Holy District fits into that, not how the Holy District replaces any of that, but yeah. how does it fit in? Where is the where's the piece? Where's the role that we can play? Um, I recently I traveled with the BIC Brethren in Christ missions to Dearborn, Michigan, and they serve a large refugee population there, uh, mainly from Syria. But it was it was so encouraging to me to see this church that hosted a. Uh, a Wesleyan office, a United Methodist office, a Jiren collective, which is a fully Arabic speaking worship service, a and then like a supper church. Um, all were hosted in the same building, all had offices in the same building. And I, I realize some of that's probably financial. I'm not naive to that. But in meeting people from these different organizations, the way that they all played a role in serving the refugee population there, um, 
was was beautiful and really inspiring to me and mm-hmm. and that's something that i that i obviously a, a little bit different context but something that i envision bringing uh or connecting the dots at least in lebanon um for for those kinds of ministries together there's a there's a a, a, a church of the brethren like one of our cousins that i can see from um from my house and uh, i plan on connecting with them and, and really um just getting to know the community that's the plan uh, i've asked you mm-hmm. too for what do i do uh, <laughs> now that i now that i'm now that i'm here what am i supposed to do it's it's not all that different from when i started in a traditional church i think i would start by meeting people i would start by getting to know key stakeholders it's just a little different because maybe the key stakeholders are not necessarily um, believers even. And, Uh and so um, that, that's what I think the different, the shift is going to be for me is, is really it's, it's always for me, always been about people. And um, I hope it always is. Um, I think it always should be. And if I ever, if it ever shifts, then you guys can, can call me out and, and tell me to get out of here. But um that's that's the goal is to start there and end there and we'll see what we'll see what god does well that was something that when you had texted us like what do i do in the first couple weeks i think something that's been really cool about the holy district is that uh, a core value of ours is like integration you know like um, the church is not separate from our life from our personal life from our neighborhoods it is all connected. It's all intertwined. And I think sometimes like we get it wrong when we just like block off work and job and church and like marriage and, you know, all these other things. Um, and I think just this blend of like, yep, I'm just going to go like connect with this church and I'm just going to go talk to my neighbors and I'm going to run into this person. I've heard Ellen talk about how she just like goes on walks and run, you know, runs into neighbors. And it's like, this is such a beautiful way of integrating um, and following the call of the spirit and in, in the moment, you know? And so um, I love that this is just expanding to new, to new areas um, within, within our country and hopefully beyond. I don't know. Anything's possible, right? I've loved hearing you describe the walking um, and the, just you're like so much of what you're already thinking about I feel like is what I've spent the last few months thinking about um but like you're already there um and already processing a a different way of using your time um I think that was one one of the shifts for me I remember like onboarding as a community pastor and I'm talked to Brooke about like Brooke, I don't know how to like handle hours. Like, am I supposed to count these things? Like, I know we don't submit anything, but like, how do I think about um, working and uh, what Brooke was just talking about with integration? Like, we're just, we're just becoming the people of God and God is going to show us how to do that. And part of that is also still maintaining boundaries of rest. Um, But that also just looks like being able to show up. I feel like being a, a pastor in the in the holy district gives you opportunity to just show up to the things that you always wanted to go to as a pastor mm-hmm. you always felt like was worth your time um but you didn't always know like wait but if i do that then like the bulletin won't get done for sunday morning or right. the powerpoint yeah. won't get done or just like these little things um has that been a shift for you as you've realized like so many of the different tasks you had are 
off of your plate, but now what do the tasks look like? Yeah, I actually talked to a friend of mine who's still in youth ministry yesterday, and uh, and she was telling me about how she's, you know, ramping up for the fall, gearing up and getting all these plans done for the fall. And I was like, you know what, like, I haven't even thought about that, mm-hmm. but I have like, this would be typically be the busiest time of the year for a youth minister. And uh, I have none of that kind of thing to worry about at this point um, because it's not about programs. It's, it's about people. Um, it's not really been a shift for me though, Ellen, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I've been, I've been on this journey for a while mm-hmm. and, and I've been like, I think my, what I've tried to do has been to try and bring some of this to, to a traditional setting. Um, and that's been difficult, but I, I, I feel like I've been operating in this kind of mindset for a while. Um, it's just now I finally have the freedom to be able to operate that way. And yeah. um, like you, you talk about going to different community events, you, you talk about integration, like one of my favorite, one of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to being part of the Holy District is I don't have to run out on a Thursday night to be part of this youth program uh, and miss miss bedtime with my kids. Um, I don't I, I don't have to miss oh. things with my kids um, for or whatever church and, and they can be good good things but um, you know if there's something going on on a Thursday night that I want to be a part of, I can probably bring my kids and yeah um, and, and really aside from what I've already shared, my my kids have been a, a huge, impact on on us moving to the holy district i think i could have i could have made a fine living being a pastor at some traditional church but i don't i wouldn't have been operating in my giftings i wouldn't have been operating in who god's created me to be and i also feel like um my kids would have would have seen a little bit at least a little bit of a lukewarm faith um because hmm. there's a there's a whole lot of a whole lot of unknown right now and a whole lot of trust that I have, I have no choice but to put in God. And um, that wouldn't be the case what I had I stayed in, in a traditional kind of setting. Hmm. So you mentioned giftings. Um, what are, I mean, what are your spiritual gifts? Um, there's this thing that there's like a test that we take. It's called like the APES test. And it's like uh, apostolic, correct me if I'm wrong, um, prophetic evangelist shepherd and teachers so like where do you kind of fall on that spectrum so i'm a i'm a shepherd evangelist and okay um i really the the um i'm I'm trying to think the apostle and teacher were very low for me um prophet was like was like almost there in the top two and i and i always mess with eric about that I, I think it was like I think it was incorrect now but so I I joke with people and say uh a shepherd evangelist prophet but I don't think you're allowed to do that uh, anyway, <laughs> all of them I claim all any, of them <laughs> anyway the the obviously you've heard me talk a lot about people that that's where the shepherd aspects comes in yeah. big time and and um the evangelist side I, I would grow frustrated with particularly after covid when people would come to the church, new people would come and would say, I'm here because I didn't like X, Y, Z about my other church. And, and we, we honestly, the church I was at probably got larger from, from 
a lot of that. And, and, and I'm glad those people are finding homes, but as an evangelist, that was, that was difficult for me because I want us to be in the community. I want us to be reaching new people. Um, I want to get to know new people. And, and it seems like everyone I'm talking to is, is already coming from this church world. And, um, and so that's where the evangelist comes in. And then the, the prophet, I, I think for me, um, leans towards that non-traditional approach to things. I, I was, it also helps that I was, I didn't grow up in a church. I was, uh, 17 when I encountered Jesus. And, um, so I don't hold, I don't hold a lot like in this, in this cup of how we do church dear, uh, outside of the fact that we worship Jesus. And, um, and, and so that like approaching things differently, uh, looking at really as the guide, as the baseline, you know, Acts chapter two is kind of the model of what church looks like. And, and just recognizing over probably the last six or seven years, how much we, we might have strayed from how much we might've gotten away from that kind of a, that kind of a church. Hmm. So for people who are like wondering then on the opposite spectrum of, you know, some of your gifts that you're not necessarily like are your top ones, how do you see that supplementing like in your community? Um, do you see that yet? Maybe you have no idea. Maybe you're like spirit, you will have to figure that out. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, I really don't, I, I don't have an answer for that. I, I, I wouldn't, I would imagine that God's going to bring around people that would, would be able to support me in those ways. Um, I am, I'm someone who's not administratively gifted at all. Um, so, uh, the fact that I made it to this zoom meeting on time is a, is a small <laughs> victory. Um, <laughs> I, I missed one the other week and Erica had texted me 10 minutes before it started. So <laughs> the, that's amazing. Just the, uh, that I, I really ha having kids has forced me to be a little bit more organized, but I'm really someone who tends to live in the moment and tends to do things, um, a little bit spur of the moment. Um, but obviously having some different responsibilities, I've become a little more organized over the years, but for sure, that's something in which, uh, I, I hope and pray that God brings someone alongside of me. My wife is also somebody that, that is gifted that way. Uh, a lot of times we'll butt heads about that. Mm. Like if you go on vacation and she wants to have everything planned out and I'm just like, let's just do what, you know, let's what go. feels good. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so sometimes it, you know, sometimes we butt heads about it, but really it, for the most part, it, it has been, it, it is a good balance between the two of us. And, and I can only, I, I know that I can't do everything. Um, even, even in those strengths of shepherd and evangelist, like, I would tell people um, at, at my last church, I was at the end, I was probably responsible for maybe like 110, 120 people. And I don't have the ability to shepherd that many people. I, I can't. Yeah, it's I, not I, possible. Jesus did, did uh, 12 and um, I can't imagine being doing a better job than him and so maybe <laughs> yeah. i should start with like one or two and and try to go from there i think but, that's a great plan <laughs> um, and, and 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 so bringing even even bringing people alongside of, of me that would share those giftings uh, i think will be important in this in this model in this mm. in, in really 
I keep saying model, but but just in this way of life, really. Journey, I want to close our time together asking you how can our listeners um, and whoever else they might share about what they've heard from you, how might they all be praying for you? Great question. Um, the the biggest thing I think it, right now that weighs on me is my my kids adjusting to uh, the newness. Um, and, and, and I think my wife and I too, we've, we've moved to a smaller house than we're used to. Um, as a matter of fact, I had to buy a used dishwasher and I have to install that cause that's like a necessity, you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, my, my wife, uh, was like this washing, hand washing dishes is for the birds. <laughs> and so, uh, she's given me like a deadline of when I need to get that installed. <laughs> and so uh but like just adjusting to we don't have near the cabinet space we used to we don't have near the square footage we used to um my uh, my kids are there's a giant princess castle that they swear they want to keep and it there's nowhere for it to go um and <laughs> these are you weigh that a little bit because i'm already moving these kids to a new city i'm already yeah. moving them to a place where they don't know much and then you weigh that with like I can't just get rid of everything um Mm. and so helping them to adjust helping them to to get settled um as I mentioned before my daughter starts school um in a few days in about a week here and she's she's someone that's very cautious she's someone that's very hesitant until she goes until she knows what she's getting into and so just uh, for that transition, for that anxiety to uh, to, to just be fi- for her to be filled with the, the peace of God as she goes. And uh, and that's really the biggest thing for my family. Beyond that, um, I think the other things will begin to take care of themselves. Um, I'll get to meet people and, and those kinds of things. But right now, the, the focus for me or the biggest thing for me is, is my family adjusting well. Um, I don't take it lightly that I'm the one that said, Hey, this is what we're doing. And, um, when there's frustration or when there's anxiety, I, I put that on myself and, mm-hmm. um, and that's hard. Yeah. I also hear you saying, you know, it's, um, you've, you've kind of discerned the calls to like live more simply, um, which is also one of like the core values of, you know, the denomination that we're all in, the brethren in Christ. And I think that it it it, it is hard, you know, to model that and replicate that for a family and for children. And um, when you do feel this call and then, you know, kids may or may not understand, you know, that process. And so, yeah, we're definitely praying for that process and, and what it means to model even like living simply and letting go you know, potentially of some things and having more like peace of God, like on the other side. And, and really even, even realizing my wife and I aren't at the same place in that journey either. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I might, I might be okay with getting rid of like 90% of our stuff, but there's like 10% of stuff that I'm like, no, you can never get rid of that. And, and some of them are dumb. Like uh, there's some like, crab mallets i don't know if you guys eat blue crabs but we have crab mallets that i bought at like a goodwill like that's amazing i don't think they've ever been used but i'm like why are these in the donate box these can't be donated (laughs) and uh, and 
and I mean, crabs are too expensive for us to buy anyway. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> we only gonna have crabs when somebody else buys them for us. And there you go. So, um, but like realizing that we're not all at the same place, even especially my kids, but even my wife and I, and then realizing how it's different. And she might feel, uh, like I used to talk about, if you're going through an, a difficult experience, maybe it's hard for you. And somebody else looks at it and it's like, well, that wouldn't be that difficult. Um, but it's, it's the same thing with, with trying to journey towards living simply and more generous. It's, well, I could give that away all day long. I have no issues with giving that away, but for someone else, that might be the thing that they hold most dear. Yeah. And it's, and it's really feels like a, something they need to keep. And, uh, even if it's just like something that sits on a shelf and I have plenty of yeah. those things too, it's just, they're different. Yeah. And so that's, that's a struggle. Like. I think we're, I joked with, uh, with the kids. I said, we're going to do a family devotional and living more simply, but, uh, that's, that's not the answer. How did that go over? (laughs) I think my oldest asked, what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I was like, well, I don't really know. So, uh, (laughs) I guess we'll figure it out together. (laughs) Yeah. We'll figure it out. What I love about your prayer request is that, um, the hope of even the not just the people that the Holy District interacts with, but also, which are just people and people, um, but also the the pastors that are serving in Holy District, it's like your family also matters to this. And what is good mm-hmm. news for your family is going to impact the good news of your community. Like this all starts small and it goes forward. And then and big things come in as well into the small, but, um, but we're definitely looking at our families and um, the life stages we're at, all three of us on this call represent (laughs) different stages of life, different stages, Mm -hmm. um, different experiences. We we live in different places, different contexts. um, And all of that gets to find its opportunity and its flourishing in the Holy District. Um, And Journey, you've used the word freedom a lot. So I just really hope that you get to you get to live in this freedom. Um, it might not always feel like that, <laughs> but at least starting out, like I can just, I feel like I can picture like this, um, this kind of weight just kind of like falling away. Not, it's not dramatic, but it's just like, you're breathing a little easier. Even if the challenges are, there are still challenges and they look a little different. Um, I just feel like you have so much energy to finally put into even uh, put into daily practice, the kinds of things that you've been thinking and working on and, and presenting to those around you. And now, now it's here. Now's the time to just let it go forth as it will, um, fully embracing whatever comes your way. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks everyone for listening to Brooke and I interviewing journey, our new community pastor in the Holy district. You were listening to the Holy District podcast today. The Holy District is an expanding network of grassroots, Jesus-centered community building currently multiplying in Pennsylvania and Arizona. We are grateful to share scripture with you and to hold space to hear what God might have for us and our communities each week. You can find us on social media at Rediscover Sacred. And if you'd like to connect with me, Erica, Brooke, Journey, or another member of our team, you can fill out a contact form on our website, holydistrict.org.